Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. I'm your host, Adam Gragg. This is episode number 42, 10 Ways to Overcome Procrastination. If you haven't already done so and you found this podcast helpful, please give this podcast a like and a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast content. Really appreciate it. It helps the podcast grow organically and reach more people. So a question I get consistently from people is, how do I overcome procrastination? I keep, I know what I want to do, but I keep getting stuck. I can't get to that next level. And we're going to address that today. I'm real excited about this topic. I have struggled in this area myself recently, really in recent years. And a lot of it has been because I've wanted to escape my own emotions. I've wanted to, you know, I procrastinate because I don't want to feel, because I don't want to face some things, things that I know I needed to address. And so there's a real emotional component to procrastination that we're going to hit on today. And that might sound a little bit different and unique as far as this topic, but it's going to make a lot of sense as we tie it in. I like to share a few risks that I've taken. And so let me go. I actually had a list of four this time, believe it or not. So uh, one is that I pranked my parents again in California. I surprised them. I was in town to see my buddy uh, and a friend who had a stroke, a, a major stroke, and I was in town to see him. And actually, I was also in town to go and hike Half Dome. So I hiked Half Dome in Yosemite as well, which was a risk, um, not a huge risk, but I joined a business support group, which was a risk for me, new people, new situation. People can judge me. You know, you're, you're take, when you take a risk, you're being vulnerable. And I've been working on a business plan. You know, you guys are a part of my journey. I have not for a number of years had a very clear written business plan. I did over five years ago, but things have changed in my life significantly. So I've been working on writing a clear business plan. So again, if you've never heard this podcast before, I'm Adam Gregg. I'm a legacy coach, speaker. I am a mental health professional for almost 25 years. My life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity to overcome their biggest fears so they can live and leave the legacy that they desire living without regrets. And I talk about stuff in such a way that you could explain the concepts to your six-year-old child and they would understand. They would understand. They'd say, mom, dad, that makes sense. Basic concepts that are transformational. I am also a fellow traveler. I struggle with procrastination. As I mentioned, my emotions took over. I was stuck in my emotions and I was procrastinating. I wasn't getting really much clarity and making getting much traction in my life at all. I was in survival mode. And right now, this podcast is a challenge to me because these are the things that I used to do that really helped me and that I do somewhat, but I need some reminders. And this is that's why I'm so excited about this topic, because it's really going to help me as well. Procrastination is super important thing to address. I addressed last episode, episode 41, on how to resolve conflict successfully. We often procrastinate on dealing with conflict on dealing with those core issues because it could lead to some rejection. It could lead to some uncomfortable emotions. It could lead to us having to, oh, I don't know, feel worse before we feel better at times. But 
dealing with it and identifying it and finding really basic strategies can help immensely. It's going to also procrastination have an impact on your mental health because when you don't get things done and you start seeing that your list is growing longer, it makes you overwhelmed and it helps you, it puts you in a situation where you don't feel accomplished. It impacts your legacy because you're not accomplishing things, because you're not moving in the right direction. You're not moving in the direction you know you want to head in. And most people, when I ask them, you know, what are your goals over the next six months? What are your goals over the next year? Most people I find, and I really use that, I usually don't use the word most very often, but I would say most people, like 70% of people that I ask that question, they can identify clearly what some of those goals are, what those goals are. And I like to have top three or four goals and to focus on those and then to break them down and to move from there. We're talking about motivation here. We're really talking about motivation. What can get us to move past the procrastination to getting things done? If you have found this podcast helpful at any point, please subscribe to the link in the show notes. It's to a, You're going to get a Shatterproof Yourself. It's 27 items. It's a mental health stress checklist that you don't want to miss out. We're talking here pretty clearly about delayed gratification. I mean, procrastination means we're going to go and tell ourselves that if we're going to overcome this, that I'm willing to do the hard stuff and to be uncomfortable now to live in the discomfort zone for a period of time so I can live in the comfort zone later. So it's that easy now, hard later, hard now, easy later kind of mentality. Delayed gratification, something we pretty much always believe in. I mean, most people believe in that, believe in that concept, but we want to live it out. And there is a bonus in this episode that you're only going to get if you click on the show notes. It's a 15 second video that I have made and it's on a tip I'm not going to discuss today, but it's one that will be helpful to you. And it's on the topic of procrastination. Please check that out. So number one, I got 10 items here. Number one, identify your ideal day and your ideal week. And we're not talking about a vacation here. We're talking about not perfect, but your your ideal, realistic, ideal, realistic day. So you have 168 hours in a week. What are you going to do with that time? And I know the weekends, there's going to be more flexibility, but you're going to block out. And this is something that you don't have to stick to perfectly, but when are you going to spend time with your family? When are you going to work out? When are you going to get up? When are you going to have some fun and engage in your hobbies? What are your office hours? When are you going to work? Some of it's going to be easy to schedule. Some of it's not, but this should be a fun activity for you to just dream, to get a calendar. You can print one off easily. It's just a one week calendar and decide and write down what your ideal week would look like. Great way, great place to start. It's going to give you some clarity, which is necessary to avoid procrastination. So the second tip is identify what's important versus urgent. Again, this will give you some clarity. The four quadrants of time management. I know Stephen Covey popularized this. Some call it Eisenhower time management model. I'm not sure who actually invented this, but just briefly, if you're not familiar, you can get a piece of paper divided into four quadrants and everything in quadrant one, top left, those are urgent and also important tasks. So we got to get this done now. We can't wait. A sick child, the building's on fire. I have COVID. My grandfather died, whatever. Something that has to be dealt with now and you can't wait. So you're going to go ahead and list items that belong in that category, both urgent and important. Quadrant two, now these are not urgent, yet they're also 
important. So it's not urgent, doesn't have to be done right now, but it's very important. So exercise, engaging in your hobbies, nurturing relationships, following up on leads, sales leads, you know, organizing your finances. They're not going to feel really urgent, but they have a very high level of importance. Quadrant three, which is the bottom left quadrant, that's urgent and not important. And oftentimes for me, it's overdoing things, it's perfectionistic things, or it's being sucked into other people's tasks and drama. And it's not, it feels urgent, but it's really not that important. And that urgency often comes from other people. In quadrant four, it's not urgent and it's not important. So it's, if you think of time wasters, it could be overdoing your hobbies. Hobbies are quadrant two, but if I'm gonna play golf five days a week and not get any work done, that would be a quadrant four task. So they're time wasters, can be video games, social media, things that you're engaging in consistently that are not urgent and not important. You wanna minimize everything in quadrant three and quadrant four. Most people are gonna have about 20% of their tasks in quadrant one, because you are gonna have some urgent tasks. People can be addicted to urgency. Quadrant two is where you wanna spend most of your time to identify those important yet not urgent tasks and prioritize them. And that leads me to number three, in overcoming procrastination is you wanna plan the night before. Plan your day the night before. Take five minutes the night before. What are my top three objectives the next day that lead me towards my top goals? And for me, it's one of those things that if I put my running shoes out and my running top and my socks and sweatshirt and those are by my bed, and I've got that one thing I wanna do first thing in the morning, it's gonna be more likely that I get out of bed and go ahead and go on a run or go to the gym. If I pack my lunch the day before, it starts off the day much better. And I end up not procrastinating in a lot of other areas because that one thing is already done. If I have my three top priorities written down on my schedule, then they're on my mind first thing in the morning. So plan the night before. Number four, have a written schedule and stick to your schedule. So on number one, I actually asked you to have your ideal schedule, but now it's in writing, I'm actually the week before, you can take 20 minutes on a Sunday night and do your entire week. I think that's something I found very successful people do is they do take some time to reflect on a Sunday for the week ahead. And then we stick to our schedule at a very high level. And that to me is 70% of the stuff on the schedule is getting done or more, hopefully more, hopefully 80%, because you're gonna know which tasks are urgent and important. The ones that are both urgent and important, you're probably gonna have to get those ones done. You want pretty high level of completion with those. The not urgent and important tasks are gonna be some that you gotta get done. They're gonna be difficult. It's gonna take some delayed gratification, but you wanna get those things crossed off your list. They're gonna be on your schedule and on your to-do list, but you're putting some time in advance to get that on paper, on purpose. Number five is have written goals. I have found, and you may have even heard this, but there was a study that was done in the 70s, and it was all of graduates of, they all were graduates of the Harvard MBA program. And the study found that only 3% of those graduates actually had written goals, believe it or not. You would think there'd be, it'd be much higher, but people don't often have written goals. People can't even really tell you what their New Year's resolution is if you ask them right now. They may have made one, but go ahead and ask some of your buddies at work. You know, Do you remember what your New Year's was, resolution is? There's a good chance they forgot. So written goals make a huge difference. But in this study, they found that those, the 3%, because they followed up and they followed up with everybody that graduated in that year, and it was, I believe it was in the early 70s, and they found that those 3% with the written goals had outperformed 
everyone else combined, as far as income, as far as success in their life. I mean, they had outperformed everybody. I mean, it was amazing. It'll blow your mind. I mean, I found out and first read about this study about 15 years ago when I was doing a lot of trainings for companies on goal setting and just blow your mind. So have written goals that you look at consistently. And I'm going to link in the show notes to some articles on setting goals, which can be really helpful for you. Some really good resources. I'm also going to link in the show notes to an article on the four quadrants of time management as well. So you're going to have those and you can look and kind of dig in deeper. I want to talk to you guys about escape artist travel. You know, I talk a lot about taking risks, getting out of your comfort zone, getting in your discomfort zone, and travel can be one of those things. These people are amazing. I will tell you, they've planned three different locations for me over the last really eight months. So they know what they're doing over 87 different countries. I believe they plan trips for probably close to 100. Condé Nast travel, top travel specialist, two years in a row, full service travel agency. They will take care of it. They will take care of you. They know what they're doing. You can reach them at escapeartisttravel.com. Check them out. Number six, count the cost of procrastination. So really think of what it's going to cost you if you continue down this path. You know, if I don't face these things in my life, if I don't get these things done, how is it going to impact my future? How is it going to impact my legacy? What five years from now is my life going to be like if I don't get these things done? So I procrastinate consistently on certain things professionally. A lot of it is on creating content. It's one of the things I love the most, but it's one of the things that I can procrastinate on because it's not urgent. It's very important, but it doesn't always have a sense of urgency unless I plug it into my schedule and have this really disciplined, diligent, kind of rigid mentality. Although I know, you know, rigidity I don't like, but I like to have some rigidity. It can be healthy in a way, in a lot of ways, but procrastinate. So like if I neglect my health, I'll become diabetic because I'm pre-diabetic. That's not true for me, but I mean, that's counting the cost for some. If I don't live on a budget, I'm gonna have financial difficulties. And if I'm procrastinating on spending and cutting spent expenses and living on a budget, count the cost. I remember when I first started my business and website and I wanted to post a article every week. And my buddy, Daniel, I made a deal with him. Actually, it was a deal for him, not me, because I told him I'd pay him $25 for every week that I didn't actually post something. And I ended up paying him a couple hundred bucks, I believe, because, and he just took it. I mean, it was part of the deal. It's like, I wanted to somehow have some weight to getting something posted on the blog that would be read, you know? And now I get thousands of people reading stuff that I've written and I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have some kind of motivation because I like money. And I remember that really motivated me significantly for the first couple years of writing was to actually have to pay him 25 bucks every time I didn't. Number seven is ask for help. And really, this is what I've done when I've joined this group, this business mastermind, business support group. It's expensive, but I've already, and I've only been involved for three months. Like I said before, it's a risk, but I've already seen the payoff in having people talking about my struggles as a business owner, hiring, delegating, making financial decisions, and getting feedback from other business owners in different industries. I've seen this help me significantly, and this is me asking for help. It's I'm not weak and I'm paying to be involved in this thing. 
I'm not weak for asking for help. And although I can tell myself that at times, like I should be self-sufficient and I'm not by having to lean on other people. It's a cognitive distortion that I struggle with, but I end up procrastinating when I'm not willing to actually ask for help. Everything is on my shoulders. So it becomes overwhelming to me and learning to look at my to-do list and my schedule and say, here's what I can, here's what I can delegate to my admin. Here's something I might be able to delegate to my parents or someone in my family. Here's something that I might be able to delegate to a friend and they may enjoy actually doing it. They may enjoy helping me in that area. That is crucial. Learn to delegate. And it does take some practice because if you're going to delegate, you have to be willing to say, hey, they are going to potentially get it done at a lower level than you'll get it done, but they're going to get it done and they're going to learn and grow in the process. So if they can do it 65% of the level that you can do it at, as long as it's not one of these urgent and important type tasks, then you can try to delegate it. And it may be a way, it may be something where they get actually better than you. They improve and grow. Delegation can be a tremendous blessing to other people. It shows that you value them and trust their abilities and you see their potential as well. So learn to delegate, learn to actually let go, learn to ask for help. Number eight is deal with perfectionism. So the flip side of procrastination is perfectionism. If I can't do it perfectly. I'm not going to do it at all. So I'm going to keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And maybe even subconsciously, because most of what we do and most of what we think is subconscious, by the way, I mean, we want to bring it to our conscious awareness, but it's a cognitive distortion. So I had a client recently even tell me that he struggles with, if it's not perfect, I'm a failure, I'm worthless. And he learned that growing up. And had another client tell me he learned that always turn the other cheek, you know, always was the key word that I picked up on there because there are times when you got to stand up for yourself. Um, perfectionists and perfectionism is this rigid mentality, always must, in the perfectionism language is like never, can't, won't, that sort of thing. We want to make sure we watch our language. And we deal with that cognitive distortion of perfectionism because it's highly tied to your procrastination. There's a poem that's helped me with procrastination some, and I read a poem a couple weeks ago. I wanted to read this to you right now. It's If by Rudyard Kipling. It helps me to deal with perfectionism, which helps me with procrastination. So if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken, and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at the beginning and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings, nor lose your common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. 
and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. So to me, that is like living in the middle described, living in the middle. I'm not going to be sucked into success or failure. <laughs> I'm not going to get sucked into to my image. I'm going to be willing to make mistakes. And if you're willing to make mistakes and you're willing to get something done, then you're going to be willing to fight that procrastination because it's just getting that thing launched, just like getting it out there and getting it done. Sometimes I have clients who are perfectionistic and procrastinate frequently. Just do something intentionally imperfect. So don't make your bed today. You know, leave your bed not made, you know, that's kind of thing. Or miss a workout intentionally or leave the dishes in the sink. You know, don't do things that can have long-term consequences, but you have to fight the perfectionism intentionally. Number nine, the last thing I want to mention is to have a, have a very clear life purpose statement, something that you're so passionate about that this is what I was made to do. I've shared before, my life purpose is to help people find transformational clarity to face their biggest fears, to live and leave their desired legacy. I want nothing more than to help people find that clarity that propels them forward. And you have a unique life purpose statement as well. That thing that's a big, huge yes in your life that you got to say, you are going to be embarrassed and ashamed if you don't live this out because it's such a strong calling on your life. So there you have it. 10 things, 10 ways to deal with procrastination. What insight did you gain and take away from today? What insight did you gain and take away from today? You're not going to change without awareness and insight, then accepting it's a problem and then taking some kind of action. So make a decision, take some kind of action today. Something you learn today will lead to you taking an emotional or relational risk. It'll be something uncomfortable. It'll be something in your discomfort zone that's going to help you to do things, think about things, live life differently. If you found this helpful, again, there's a link to Shatterproof Yourself 27 item checklist, mental health stress management checklist. Don't miss that. If you want me or someone on my team to come out and speak to you, would love to help, would love to talk to you. We do it over Zoom. We do it live as well. Make it your mission to intentionally and courageously live the life now that you want to be remembered for 10 years after you're gone. You decide your legacy, you decide your future, no one else. One of the top regrets of dying people is they did not live the life they wanted, they lived the life someone else had for them. You decide your legacy, no one else. I appreciate you greatly, and I will see you next time. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network, for more information, visit ictpod.net.